What's going on, podcast listeners? Welcome back to episode five of Well Scripted with Dr. Sam. I am your host, Dr. Sam Rasul, and I want to welcome you guys back for our weekly podcast where we're discussing healthcare topics in today's society. And this week's topic is a doozy. I'm talking about referral pain. And a lot of people uh, talk about referral pain but don't really understand what it is. And I like to use the analogy in my office. It's like chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole. So let's get right into it, guys. Let's just first define what and how you feel pain. Now, we're going to delve in on a scientific level, but we're going to try to keep this very uh, general. When you talk about pain, the first thing you have to understand is that any type of sensation, whether it's pain or touch, you feel something and how it feels like, you know, the feeling of a basketball or a piece of fruit when you touch it, like, you know, that feeling or a blanket or the heat when you touch a hot plate or an ice cube. These are receptors that you have on your nerve fibers. Now, the specific receptors for pain are called nociceptors. And there are other different types of receptors out there as well. But the nociceptors are specific for pain. And what they do is at the site in which you have your nociceptors, they actually transmit the signal of pain. Let's say if you touch like something very sharp or something that is extremely painful, then the signal is then sent kind of like a car traveling up the highway from the nerve all the way up to the spinal cord and then up through the spinal cord into the brain. Now, when it comes to the other forms of receptors in the body, there are also mechanoreceptors, thermoreceptors, the former of which is more about the touch, as we talked about, thermoreceptors, the temperature gauge when you're touching different things or your body comes in contact with them, and then uh, more specific receptors, photoreceptors, which are found in your eyes, and chemoreceptors or chemoreceptors, which are the chemicals, so like uh, for smell and for taste and so on and so forth. I want to make a very important note because a lot of times people dictate pain as being either if they don't have pain, they are truly healthy, and that is a farce. That is a myth. Because I tell patients all the time in my office that pain is the last thing to show up and the first thing to go away, especially in chronic situations. Because the reason for that is that if you look at all the nerves in the body, only 10% of the nerve fibers receptors are for pain. That's right, the aforementioned nociceptors. So if only 10% of your nerve fibers are for pain. The other 90% are communications between the nerves, which are the rest of the body, they're all over the body, and the spinal cord and brain, which is the central nervous system. So you consider you have to look for other signs other than pain, but that's for a different topic. And we'll touch base on that a little later. But let's get back to the topic at hand of referral pain. So in the concept and the talking about the nociceptors and nerve fibers that trigger when you feel some kind of pain sensation, when they send the signal up through the spinal cord into the brain, which is known as the central nervous system, is the mothership, the circuit board, as I like to call it in my office when talking to patients. All incoming and outgoing nerve messages go through the central nervous system, from the brain to the spinal cord and out into the f nerve fibers all over the body. But also, as mentioned previously, you have Incoming messages 
not just outgoing messages. They go from nerves to spinal cord to brain. Now, when you have an abundance or an overload of, se- of sensation and or uh, nerve signals coming into the spinal cord at a certain level, this, this abundance of information is like overloading the circuit board. And what happens is at that spinal cord level, when all this information is coming in, because every level of the spinal cord goes, transmits to a different area of the body. And if you want to learn more about that, you can visit any uh, nerve expert, including chiropractors or neurologists, or do some research about it. But you can see that every different level of the spinal cord goes to different areas of the body, both muscles and organs. What happens in the, when we're talking about that overload of the circuit board, is when you have so much information coming into the spinal cord, so much that it just does, the body doesn't know what to do with it, it becomes an overload and you experience what's known as spillover onto the outgoing nerves. So you understand you have incoming nerve fibers that are saying, uh-oh, there is pain, there is dysfunction, there is discomfort, there is XYZ information coming into the spinal cord to go up to the brain. But what happens is when it overloads, it's too much. There are cars traveling in an opposite direction. So you have cars going southbound on the highway, and you have cars going northbound on the highway. The southbound, which is the incoming, let's just use that analogy, are so overloaded, and let's say there's a crash, but the crash is really big, and you start to, you know, it starts to, the fire starts to uh, set ablaze, and even though you're traveling northbound in the other lane, you can feel the heat, the the sensation from the accident. You're like, whoa, I can feel that heat coming onto me. That spillover analogy is what happens when afferent or sensory nerve fibers overload information starts to dump over onto the efferent, which is the outgoing nerves, which then starts to send the signals out to a different location of the body, aka referral pain. Now, maybe sound scientific. A lot of times people are like, well, you lost me a little bit. I'm going to use one simple analogy that many people know, heart attack. If someone is having any type of heart discomfort, if they say, oh, my chest feels tight, and they grab the left side of their chest, what is typically the first question we are supposed to ask someone when they're in this position, hunched over, grabbing their chest, and we are concerned they may be experiencing cardiac cardiac arrest or heart attack. You ask them, do you have shooting pains down your left arm? That, ladies and gentlemen, is referral pain. Why? Because the same nerve fibers that come from the heart that travel back to the spinal cord at the specific level of the spinal cord, at that specific same level, there are nerves going the opposite direction, which are going outbound from the spinal cord down to the nerves that are traveling down, you guessed it, the left arm. So if you have an overload of information coming from the heart because the heart's in cardiac arrest, it's under a lot of duress, well, what happens is it sends that signal back, and at that level of the spinal cord, you have spillover, which then causes 
dysfunction, pain, and or other symptoms, in this case, shooting pains down the left arm. That is a very easy way to think about what discerns referral pain in the body and how it correspondingly affects your day-to-day activity. People don't realize it's, it's this just that simple. Now, it's not always pain. You may have other things too. But of course, in this topic, we're talking about referral pains and why is it that when you just look at the site or the area that's being affected, it's like chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole and you're never going to get out. In the analogy of the heart attack, imagine if you told the person, do you have shooting pains down your left arm? They said, yes, I do. And you started doing some therapy or some rehab on their left arm. You see how silly that sounds? Some people are like, of course I wouldn't do that. I'd start treating them for their heart attack. Get them to a hospital, ASAP. Get them with a heart doctor as soon as possible. But a lot of times if we don't take a step back and realize how in that situation, all of us would gather ourselves and help the person because we're looking at what the root cause is. But using the information that we know about the referral pains and how they could be affecting another area, which in this case is the left arm, we're able to then discern that it is a heart attack and then what the steps to take. Another example of this is this can happen in all sorts of dysfunctional areas. I'll use another organ, the gallbladder. A lot of people, myself included, have experienced gallbladder dysfunction. Now, I'm not saying that gallstones and or I need to have my gallbladder removed and to that extreme, but just simple dysfunction of the gallbladder in which you may be down the path of inevitable gallstones and possible, obviously, intervention with surgery if it's too late to fix it conservatively. But myself, when I was in chiropractic school, I experienced not gallbladder discomfort, but I experienced right shoulder pain, posterior. The back of my shoulder felt like I had a pull or just a pain, like someone was taking the blunt end of a tool and just pushing into the back of my shoulder. And it didn't feel so sharp. Certain movements it did, but it just felt so uncomfortable. I couldn't work out. I couldn't lift things without discomfort. I couldn't lay on my side. I couldn't so many things that were interrupting my day-to-day activities. Now, I never really looked for the gallbladder. I did what most people would do. That's why I throw myself in the same boat with a lot of my listeners out there. And the relatability is there because what did I do? I said, oh, this must have been a strain. I must have done something in the gym. I must have laid on it wrong or I must have lifted something incorrectly. So I took all the precautionary uh, means to get adjusted first and foremost. Hey, I'm a chiropractic student. Got to make sure the mobility of the shoulder is right. I got plenty, and I do mean plenty, of rehab on my shoulder with some of the best Uh, doctors and rehab specialists that our university had to offer. In addition, I worked with some sports medicine experts that were telling me how to strengthen certain areas on my shoulder to take the pressure off the back of it or the posterior aspect of my shoulder to bring better balance to my shoulder capsule and joint. I did all these things. I heated it. 
I iced it. I stretched it. I rehabbed it. Nothing was getting me back to what I wanted to do, which was work out and be able to enjoy my day-to-day activities without discomfort or pain. It wasn't until I spoke with a gentleman who I have the utmost respect for, Dr. Howard Loomis, in which I actually was getting my certification as an internal health specialist specializing in enzyme nutrition, which looks at dietary and digestive enzymes to aid your digestion and absorption and utilization using of nutrients in the body, not just what you eat, but how your body digests and uses those nutrients like fats, proteins, and carbs. In working with Dr. Loomis one day, I brought my dilemma to his attention. He said, is it okay if I examine you? And he did. He immediately started to palpate, which means touch just basically with a little bit of pressure on an area of my abdomen in the right upper corner of my abdomen, right under my right bottom of my rib cage. It felt like he was pushing on a rock. I mean, it just like, my wincing would have made the perfect Facebook profile pic because I had a look on my face (laughs) that was absolutely hysterical. But Dr. Loomis, being the amazing physician that he is, told me, yep, just as I suspected, it's dysfunction of your gallbladder. He told me that may be the main reason, never 100% because he was just doing a brief examination. But he said, in my expert assessment. I believe your gallbladder is inflamed, irritated, and has some dysfunctionality, which is causing the spillover, which is causing your shoulder pain. I had been so focused on looking at my shoulder that I missed out on looking at what could be causing referral pains. As soon as I added some digestive enzymes to my repertoire, not a week had gone by, merely a week. Seven, eight days later, I was feeling not only much more energy because the foods I was eating were actually getting digested and I was using my fats better, but my shoulder pain pain was completely gone. I'm not talking about 50% or 60%, completely gone. So what is the solution here, ladies and gentlemen? Very simple. Number one, no matter who you go see as a doctor or a therapist Uh, anyone who is in the healthcare realm, you want to make sure they do a full assessment. There is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all approach, especially when it comes to your health and wellness. Past medical history and family history are crucial. I want to say that again because it's a missing piece a lot of people realize when they go to visit a doctor or a therapist, and the doctor just jumps right in and says, okay, this is what's ailing you. Take this medication. Do this protocol, this adjustment, this. You fill in the blank. But we have to be able to take in the information. It is like a chess game. It is like a puzzle. You have to get all your knowledge about you to be able to make your next move on that chessboard or be able to find the right piece to fit that puzzle. So past medical history and family history are crucial in understanding could there be some underlying things going on in your situation. I always stress to everyone, conservative management first. When applicable, conservative management is so, is so key because you want to start with one system or ailment to test how, if you fix that one thing, 
How is it going to affect the rest of the body? Throwing a bunch of things at someone. Fix your diet, fix your posture, fix your this, get adjusted, do acupuncture, take this medication. Whatever your solution would be, if you do too many of them, it could resolve, but you don't know what actually was working. So then if you're trying to reproduce the results later, heaven forbid you have the same ailment, how do you know which avenue to go to? Do you incorporate all eight, nine, ten techniques, or do you take more of a, of a specific approach? I always say it's like the sniper approach versus the atomic bomb. Both can get your target, but one of them is going to have a lot of collateral damage and a lot of uncertainty. Where was the target to begin with? So take that sniper approach when you're looking at conservative management and let's treat one thing at a time and see how the body responds wholeheartedly. And then you can always add more techniques or procedures and or things later on in the, to your repertoire to fine tune your plan. And of course, the last bit is being proactive with your approach. Learn about the different referral patterns in your body, not just pain. Even though the topic of this discussion of the podcast was referral pain, there are other referral components because, as we mentioned before, only 10% of the nerve fibers are for pain. So there's other referral patterns that you should be aware of. One such thing is you may hear a chiropractor, especially during your consultation or a neurologist, ask you, do you have numbness and tingling going into your hands or your feet? Sometimes people look at me strange when I ask that question. They go, yeah, doc, how did you know that? Because a lot of times that is a referral pain pattern that is implemented because you're having nerve irritation at the level of the spinal cord in the neck or the lower back, which corresponds to numbness and tingling in your hands or your legs, respectively. So using the analogy of the neck, if you have nerve irritation but not really a lot of pain in the neck, you could actually be having numbness and tingling, and it's a neck problem. But if you don't really know that and or take the approach of looking at the root cause and understanding the whole referral pain pattern, you could treat the arm and the hand every day, all day, and still not get the relief you're looking for. So the biggest thing you want to do is you want to take a proactive approach. Understand, become your own test subject by becoming knowledgeable. Understand your body, understand the referral pain patterns that have been established from research and the doctors out there, and understand how to recognize them. Whether it's numbness in your hands and your feet or shooting pains to different areas of the body that give you a clue and an insight as to where the root cause of the problem is coming from, and thus you're having referral pain. So instead of be trying to chase that rabbit down the rabbit hole, you become more precise and you're able to actually target what you need to to make sure you never get lost in that maze underground. Hope this helps shine a couple of a little bit of light onto what referral pain is and how to avoid it. I want to thank you guys for listening to podcast number 5 of Well Scripted with Dr. Sam. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss another topic, and I appreciate each and every one of you guys. If you have any questions, don't feel, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Don't hesitate. We're here for you. And like always, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a healthy and happy day.